Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Here on 3 Triple FM, a very, very good afternoon to you all. A big thanks to Shane and all his uh, fabulous brainy crew. And I look across and I see the smiling countenance of Carl. G'day, Carl. How are you? Hello, Cam. How are you? I find myself trying to deepen my voice just oh, to match you. <laughs> how about I come up? Oh, come up. Hi. Um, yeah, maybe because I'm just a little bit too relaxed this morning that... Uh, that's why the, the voice is uh, a little bit deeper and uh, more relaxed because um, we've done a couple pre-recorded interviews for you today and I'll tell you a little bit about that. But, um, yes, thank you, Shane, for all your eruditions. Fabulous things that he does with science, that man. Incredible. And... Um, a very, very good afternoon to all of you out there. I hope you're enjoying what is, um, I think, is going to be maybe one of the last gasps of summer. Do you feel it? It does feel that way. 29 today. It's going yeah, to be beautiful. 29. It's going to be just a glorious day. If you've got uh, the wherewithal or the uh, inclination, it might be a great time to shake out that blanket, find a spot, lay it on the ground, and be a great day for a picnic, wouldn't it? Perfect. You a picnic kind of guy? Me? Uh, yeah. As long as there's no mosquitoes around. Yeah, mosquitoes don't make it fun, do they? At 29, they tend to hide away till the evening. Yeah. I think one of the best um, bits of advice that I was given here for uh, these antipodes 
is uh, just forget the idea of a picnic basket because usually when you go have a picnic, it's so bloody hot, you have to watch out for food spoilage. Much better idea to have an esky. Definitely. There we go. Anyway. And a barbecue. And a barbecue, um, yeah, at hand. Um, okay, intros for um, uh, what we're going to play for you today. First of all, we're going to go to market where we do a little bit of an extended market report. Um, there's a couple of breaks while you'll hear John has to go and serve and comes back because uh, uh, Joey, his son, was uh, was out missing somewhere. But secondly, uh, we, or I, was lucky enough to go to Montalto uh, on the peninsula up at Red Hill where I saw my old buddy Matt Wilkinson and uh, and we talked about, well him and um, how he got to Mount Alto and and what this place means to him and why it's really, really important to cultivate and eat from your own backyard, especially when it's very, very beautiful. But just to get us started on this uh, little culinary journey, I thought maybe we should have a look at produce at the good old Queen Victoria Market. And, uh, and we have a slightly inappropriate introduction from John and it starts like this. Hey, how are you, buddy? Not too bad. Sorry? You don't have ginger, do you? No, you have to see the China boys for the ginger. <laughs> That's a good start to the era. Well, it's not being too rude. No, 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 it's actually the, doing it. So, the, and where's Robbie today? Poor Robbie fronted up and um, didn't open up. He went home again. He's got a sore shoulder. Oh, no. Nice. You know, we're all old hacks now. So, so he's <laughs> one of the Chinamen you'd buy the ginger <laughs> off, but he's not here. <laughs> Yeah, but the boys across the road, they sell a lot of it and they buy a lot of it, so mm. they get it at the right price. If I try to buy one box, I pay premium price. So Yeah, my God. Yeah. Ginger, ginger is very, very expensive. Um, it's a beautiful day, John. Um, lovely for you to have a chat with us today. Sort of feels autumn but it's sort of like that last gasp of heat. Definitely. They reckon it's going to get to 28 today, and I think we're getting there because, mm. as usual, you come out, the sun's shining, and uh, there's a few birdies singing around, um, yeah. and it's a beautiful morning, and the customers are coming out too. They are indeed, and um, and we're seeing a lot of signs of moving into autumn. I was down the corner there. Uh, you want to have a little break yeah, and go please. serve some people? All right, we're going to be back. All right, we're back. Um, serve some people really, really quick. That's good. But we were talking about signs of autumn. Definitely um, the signs of autumn because some things are on the wane, some things are coming. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, it's been a short season for grapes, so I think oh, Muscatels really? and yeah, Sultanas okay. are nearly done. Yep. I bought some beautiful natural-sized crimson. They're um, very, very small, and people are saying, what sort of grapes are they? Because they're used to seeing big, fat grapes. Well, there's and only two that you have. You have those little tiny Sultanas and those beautiful, big, fat Muscatels. Yeah, and when yeah. I can get the little crimsons, I do buy them because oh, that's I true, eat yes. them, yeah. and uh, the people know what they are, and they do buy them, and they're a natural grape. They're not pumped up with chemicals. Right. Next one is a poor cooking romas. You know, sauce time's definitely over. Mm. We'll always have some right through the year for a, yeah. a, a small batch cooking, yes. but the big batch days are, are done. The big boxes of big romas, boxes forget it. We've got a few more today, but that's about it. Yes. Um, and then, you know, we're seeing the new season asparagus coming in slowly. Uh, the new crops are starting up, yeah. so you can start buying them again because they're coming out of um, Victoria. Um, and the collies are looking vibrant, Bro- broccoli's looking nice and vibrant, big heads. Mm. Um, and we've got an abundance of everything, but 
prices have jumped a little bit more because there's no one to pick them and there's not a, a lot of stuff flowing through the market. Yeah, right. Look, I'm looking across here, the ochre, which is usually an, an expensive thing anyway. Yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they've got um, $8, $10 and, and good fruit, maybe a little bit smaller mm. uh, in length, but still a good fruit, good enough to do whatever you want to do with. Yep. Uh, $20, well, if you need okra, you buy it. You just use a little bit. Yeah, that's so, it. like everything else. Do you eat much okra? Uh, no, I will eat it if it's served up, but I don't yeah. cook it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one or two times that I cooked it, I found it a little bit too acidy. Yes, and not, um, not too slimy because that's a Slimy is not a, a problem for me. A lot of, a lot of people me. complain about that. Yeah, texture's not a problem. It's more taste on the palate for yeah. me. Um, because we eat some strange things, so, mm. you know, why not those? I love okra when you do the, um, you know, that whole Chinese thing where you have the, the chili, shallots, coriander on top. Yeah. That is good. And and beef as well, you know, mm. throw it, does a good job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also noticed the first custard apples um, down, the, down the bottom. Yeah, I was jealous. I walked past someone yesterday sitting in the sun, uh, crack, cracked this beautiful custard apple. Yes. I said, why isn't that me? Yes. Why isn't that me? What so happened to my life? We, we will get there. We will get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want me to... Um, I'm going to pause a little bit. You want to serve these people here? Yes, I will. Thank okay. you. Yeah, so uh, John's back. Custard apples, that's true. Um, and we've got persimmons have started over there, and I saw the, the first of the mandarins down there too. Yeah, I, I saw them, but I didn't have time to stop and have a look at them. Uh, the first one's always going to be a little bit tart. You walk by them. You walk by you them. You look and you yeah, go and you acknowledge them. You go, yeah, it's autumn's coming. There it is. They look pretty, but you wait. Yeah, I like them tight, but the first ones, a lot of them, they put wax on them and they colour the wax as well. It's and they like, can be dry too. And yeah, depending depending okay. on what's yeah. happened onto the lead up. Yeah, um, so yeah, you either buy some and try them or you wait a little bit. And mm. I'm happy to wait because I like the little ones that are, are smaller than an egg. Um, Oh, and, and sometimes eat the big ones too, don't get me wrong. The sweet little imperial. Yeah, yeah, oh, you yeah, break yeah, them yeah. open and, yeah. and they're all just... Because it gives me fond memories of me filling up my pockets and eating them on the way to school. Yeah, some, for some reason, um, imperial mandarins always remind me of my, my grandmother. Yeah, so it's beautiful, like we always say, when food evokes memories, you mm. can't ask for better than that. Yeah. You know, especially um, when they're fond memories of, of being given beautiful food and um, enjoying mm. it and, and being content for a little while. And I reckon... OK, let, let, let me just take this one stage further. Mandarins especially, because as you peel them, you're releasing so much of those oils, those essential oils... So you're surrounded by the perfume of it, Definitely, and, and I like biting into them. A lot of people don't. Uh, I bite into the bottom of it, crack it open and suck the inside out. Wow. And, and I don't mind if I've got that strong oil on my lips. Yeah. Because it lingers and and, and it opens up the senses, it clears should. the nose yeah. as well. And when you lick your, your lips again, you, you get a, another visit of the flavour. Wow. Yeah, OK. I've, I've, I've never actually seen you do that. That's, uh, that sounds kind of interesting. I will show you another yeah. day. All right. And um, what else is happening? I'm seeing those strawberries over there, 150. That's pretty good. Yeah, but it's been disappointing. A lot of people have been saying to me, you know, John, what's going on? I say, yeah, I've been disappointed with mm. all fruit this year, not just strawberries. Mm. Uh, it's been hit or miss because normally... Um, 
we get strawberries out of Victoria, we get strawberries out of New South Wales, and a lot of beautiful strawberries out of Queensland, even yes, in, yes. in the middle of summer, even though they have to travel. Yep. You know, they're good varieties to travel well, and they're big plant bread. Yeah. This year hasn't done it for me, and the same with the nectarines and peaches and plums and that. Um, I normally buy a box of uh, nectarines every week and we chew through them, but this yeah. year I didn't even buy one, so I'm disappointed. Not enough sun, you reckon? No, no, it's a combination of things. Um, not enough sun, probably not water at the wrong time, yeah. not enough water at the right, right time, time. Yeah. Uh, full moon, so on. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. What's the full moon to? Well, that's what we say when things don't work. It's oh, a okay. full moon, you know. Blame Blame it on the moon. Blame it on the moon. Blame it on the moon. And you've got a few bits and bobs for show and tell. Yeah, um, I was only going to show you one. Sorry to interrupt you, but now yeah. we've got a couple that are really, really worth talking about. Right. Where do you want to start? Maybe with the garlic, because people Ooh. have been saying they want Aussie garlic. Yes. We'll, we'll leave the ugly side up first, because I'll tell you what's happening. Yeah. Now, normally our garlic starts and it's beautiful, it's nice, pristine, yeah. and we have the very, very young one. Yeah. John, year, John's showing me the root side, just yeah. so that you know. This, this year we didn't get the very, very young one, because it wasn't drying properly. Mm. And I'm showing you the root side, which is ugly, and it's got a very, very black tinge on the skin, yep. which puts a lot of people off. Now, it's just um, a virus or a mould that's on the outside. It's not dangerous to us. Yes. But when you break it open, look, that beautiful purple colour oh, that we is... see in our Aussie garlic is there. Yeah, it's that magenta Yeah, that magenta colour. And also, it's starting to shoot, which is rather early. Yes. Um, and that's, again, because of the humidity and the weather. Is there a way that you can stop the garlic shooting? Once it's started, um, you can't really... No, not really, especially once the garlic's been moved. Any onions and things like that... They can be short, stored in the shed yeah. in big bins and yes. be okay. And as soon as they bring them out and put them through the rollers to um, size them and send them to market, they start to change and they start to grow. And is that because of light or sun that does that? Yeah, a bit of everything. A okay. bit of everything. If it's sitting there, it's dormant yeah. and gets a little bit of change of temperature and it says, hey, it's time to go, mm. and it wakes up and um, it does its job, it starts to grow. Well, maybe we need to keep our garlic in the dark. Yeah, normally we do. Okay. We do. We yeah, right. To. All right. Um, now, we've got beans that have gone up to, I saw, $16. Yes, they went up to $16. But it's not nice the beans. dearest that we've sold, but yep. it is a lot of money. Where are they from? Uh, these come from um, southeast Victoria, down Gippsland Way, I believe. Uh, we had some from Mildura last week, but I didn't see them this week. Mm. Now, the problem was is that... When they were picking the beans, it was warm, humid weather. Yep. They looked beautiful. I put them in the box. Yes. They chilled them for a little bit and sent them down to Melbourne. Now, on the way, they may have got warm again. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and the beans got a little bit of heat in the box. Mm. So they started to change colour, consistency, a little bit of mould, and Ooh. people weren't happy. No. These, especially these, John. Yeah, especially John. Especially and, John. And I, I said to my agent, who's a, a very nice guy, yeah. he said, look, I lost a lot of money on them because... You know, you have to meet the um, grower halfway. Yeah. When he's sending the product, he, he knows it's on the ball, mm. but because of circumstances have changed, so they wear the losses half each. Oh, wow. But these are in good condition. They're very, very nice. They're shiny. I saw you eating one, mm. um, and I heard it crunch. It so. heard it crunch, and it had that... Um, what's that thing that we talk about? You know, when you open it up and it's got that... It's like jelly. a jelly. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. a jelly. It's a like really, a really good bean. So, yeah, that's a good bean. Can I ask a question? We've talked about beans. It's sort of like the barometer of, of cost for a lot of things, it seems, when we do chat. 
How do you eat your beans? What do you, what do, you do with your beans? Um, if you're really, really naughty, you break off one end and you throw them in a fry pan with a little bit of olive oil, mm. toss them around uh, with your garlic, yeah. and then you, you throw a few chopped tomatoes in, yeah. not too long, and it's just sort of steam fried. Yeah. And the long snake beans, we actually fry them like a chip. Mm. But when we have to be good, uh, we just steam them with a bit of tomato when and a little bit of oil. Oh, okay. So there's more oil for the one when you're doing the garlic, so yeah, you can yeah. actually yeah, yeah. You get a little bit of crisp the as garlic well. a little bit. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And the beans are a little bit crisper. And when you do it mm. without a lot of oil, they just come up steamed. But you've got the tomato influence. Mm. Um, then, you know, again, if you really want to get naughty like we used to do back in the 70s, you get a bit of a mozzarella and melt it over those beans with the tomato and that. Ah. Um, or even put a bit of stretchy beans. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, it was good fun. We used to do that with steamed zucchini as well. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever did it. Um, but, yeah, or even a little bit of grated cheese on top. Um, just to give it that little bit of a different appearance as well. And you, yeah. And you can't be good all the time. And we're talking about, uh, when you say grated cheese, you're talking about uh, grana? No. Yeah, we use pecorino. Yeah, you're pecorino, of course. Yeah, we're pecorino. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's if they saw a sheep. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story. All right. And then we got this beautiful prickly-looking cucumber. It's a little bit bigger than what a lot of people like. These it's are got old the girth school. of an egg. Yeah, it's got the girth of an egg. Now, a lot of people have been saying to me, that's what my father and what my grandfather used to grow. Mm. We used to sneak in the garden and, and steal them and eat them. Um, but a lot of people pickle these. Uh, that's yes. why they call them dill cucumbers. There are so many ways you can do them. You can do them the Jewish way, the Italian way. Because they got the um, bumps on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, some use um, vinegar. Some use bread to set off the um, yep. process. Some use a brine. Some, some brine. Some just in the sunshine. Mm. So there are many, many ways. You can do even do a quick pickle, boil um, water and vinegar together, mm-hmm. throw them into it and... Um, pull them out straight away and then, you know, dress them and eat them any way you like. Dinner pickles. Yeah, dinner pickles. Yep. And also I brought a funny-looking corn. Maybe you want to describe it. Oh, I don't think it's funny. This is what what I would call now a super sweet corn. Um, It's very, very mostly white. In fact, probably about 90% of the kernels are ivory-coloured white. Actually, they look like pearls, don't they? They do. Um, and then, um, and then a few little, just sort of very, very light lemon yellow, like yes, a little yes. lemon custard yellow. Yeah. Last year, or, they were all it looks white. like something from a 1950s advertising brochure with that sort of colour palette of the cream <laughs> colours, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a good memory, mate. Um, yes. Yeah, so this is this is a white corn. Last year, they were white, uh, milkier colour. Mm. Um, Probably the bees have crossed it a little bit. And actually, the two-coloured corn that we do sell, um, the New Zealanders do call it honey and pearl honey because and pearl. Uh, of the way it looks. And these varieties, they are um, maybe 30% bigger than an average corn and much thicker, much longer, yep. much heavier. But when you cook them, they're, they're just so sweet and tender, softer kernels. The white one, uh, the day we get it, we normally eat it raw because it's just like eating, uh, drinking a glass of milk. Very refreshing. Really? And yeah. you know what I'm also noticing with this is it's really, really shiny. 
It is. It I is. got a question for you. Do you know how many corn kernels are on the average cob of corn? Tell me, Professor. Eight hundred. Eight hundred. Eight hundred. Because so, can you imagine how many corn kernels you got in your stomach when you gorge on them and you have three for lunch, like my dad used to? Whoa! You got to. Wouldn't eat anything for the rest of the day. Well, he probably couldn't. Yeah. He probably couldn't. Um, okay, so we've got that. Um, you wanted to show me some beautiful. This is hydroponic. This is unfortunately hydro, but Gee, it smells good though. For these, hydro. these guys have got the recipe right, and like mm. I keep saying, if you've got the recipe right, you know you, who can say anything to you. We did say basil, didn't we, for yeah, the people out there? Yep. It, it's a, um, a very young-looking basil. There's a lot in the sleeve. Mm. The aroma hits you, and you say that is basil. Oh, yeah, a, it is. a lot of it, you pick it up, it's got no smell, no texture, no flavour, no yes. nothing. Because usually hydroponics are to be avoided. Yeah, definitely. Really, because, because a lot of it is just pap and pus. Yeah. <laughs> but, We've no flavour, but yeah. this, as you say, fresh Australian basil, Aussie pride produce. Um, yeah, this smells divine. Yeah, so because of the... Um, Weather conditions as well. These guys have decided to go hydro. Yeah. Uh, growing out in the field um, can be hit or miss. I was getting some from um, one grower, uh, and it was falling over within a day, so I couldn't buy it again. Mm. This one, at least I know, you can take it home, put it in a crisper. It'll keep a week. Yep. And you can enjoy it a few leaves in a salad or in a pasta or on a pizza. Mm. Um, you make a Napoli, you yeah. tie it up with a bit of string and chuck it in. Well, we're not that delicate, mate. We just throw it in the last minute on top and, um, you know, wherever it is, it is. Fair enough. Yeah, so... Where it goes, it where, goes. Where it goes, it goes. Yeah. So, you know, we're lucky. My mother's got a little bit of basil in the garden, but not as prolific as last year. Yeah. Um, I got spindly basil this year. Yeah, mine as well. I was given two different varieties. And strangely enough, a variety that was dark green, the grubs didn't need it. And the other variety, which was a little bit paler, like this one, yeah. the grubs were having a field day, and I was sitting side by side, mind you. So how do you work yeah. that one out? They're going, we like the buffet over here, thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. So All I think, you can eat. I think it's like us. Some of us like acidic stuff, and some of us don't. Yeah, wow. So they can pick and choose as well. Four out of five grubs agree. <laughs> this, this is the basil for me. I, I, yeah, I guess so. Um, now, what else is uh, going on? Oh, I'm just... I spy with my little eye, um, looking across at um, the fruit people across there. There are the most beautiful pineapples over there. Look yeah, at those, and, those and three bucks. I know. Maybe they're the older variety that might be a little bit more acidy, but every pineapple's got its job. Sometimes oh, yeah. you don't mind a little bit of acid. Yeah. Um, you know, you might put it through a fruit salad to, to just change that sugar balance, or you might even juice it. Or you might have a big pineapple sandwich. Pineapple upside down cake. Oh, mate. Oh, can God. you make me one, please? Oh, I might even I give have a to, kiss. All right, I, I, maybe I will, but I have to find my mum's old recipe because I've never really made it myself. But I remember when she did, it was the most magical thing. My, Just covered in brown sugar yeah, and yeah, goo. Yeah. and. My, my mum used to make... Um, an upside-down pineapple sponge cake. Yes. A little yeah. bit different. But anyway, you do it, it's glorious. And, and the old girls really knew what to do with pineapple and a lot of other things as well when they were making cakes. So, yes. you know, we're lucky. And, and also what I, I've um, been enjoying um, is um, $1.50 for a, uh, an avo. Shah will 
Avo Berlixford. Yeah, there's there's quite a few varieties around, and yeah. they've all been really, really nice. Yeah. And I like them when they're on, just on the turn of being overripe. I hate to actually say this, but I reckon it seems like one of the great things I will remember about COVID is that there were consistently cheap avocados throughout it. Am yeah, I wrong? Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. And tragically, yeah. they even imported a shipload from Chile. You said shipload, didn't you? Shipload, yes, yeah. Ship- just checking. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, All right, pick of the market, John. Pick of the market. I tell you what, we really enjoyed steamed Dutch carrots the other night. Mm. Um, we had the um, red heirlooms and the orange ones done together. Most of them oh, went red them. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and coleslaw as well we've been enjoying because it's still warm. We had a barbecue earlier on in a piece and, um, and she decided to make another batch this week because mm. uh, now I eat coleslaw. Before I didn't like it, we used to use a plain cabbage. Yeah. I couldn't deal with it. The Savoy is beautiful. It's nice and soft. It's sweet. Yeah. Um, Agreed. It, it doesn't make it too runny, and you don't have to chew like a cow to eat it. You should have t- asked me ages ago. I could have told you that. Yeah, we all have our problems and it takes we're, time to get there. And we're all on our own journey. That's right, and it's a good journey. Yep. Um, we're very, very blessed because looking next door... To uh, Stephen's fruit, he's got Stephen's veggies. Mm. Look at the array of, of Chinese vegetables there are. There's Kang Kong, which oh, is Oh, I was looking at him emptying that box of Kang Kong. Yeah. That and, is and beautiful looking stuff. Yeah, and they've got all the bok choy and yeah. um, you name it, they've got it all. And, you know, Have you, you ever eaten Kang Kong? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I've had it done oh in the soup God. and... I think even someone chucked it in a stir-fry one day. There's so many things. Garlic and a bit of oyster sauce. Yeah, yeah. It does the trick, doesn't it? So good for you. And it is. It's 90% water like most of the Chinese veggies are. But But it's also got minerals. Minerals as well. But for a break from your normal routine, it's very, very good. Mm. Because a lot of the um, greener vegetables that we eat are also very high in iron as well. Yep. So it's a break for the system and the gut as well. Mm. So and we enjoy them all. So we're so blessed that we cook everything here that we sell. Yeah, listen, look, it's been a bit of an extended market um, uh, report. I thank you for your patience uh, and also listeners. When we had to just break while John had to go and serve, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk to you. It is, uh, as a lot of people say. Ah, oh, you know, we listen. So well, we enjoy doing it, and that's why we do it. Indeed. Otherwise, you wouldn't. It's a beautiful day. Because you're not a guy who's going to die wondering, are you? Yeah, that's right. And he's Ren walking around instead. Oh, he's got the boys with him. That's why. You should be down there throwing the coffees out there. You should. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you. Have a lovely day, guys. Triple R. Yes, the fabulous sounds of the ice cream hands, the great power pop and golden harmonies. My God, it's a beautiful thing for a Sunday. And a beautiful thing that I was uh, so lucky to do was to uh, head down the coast, uh, Mornington Peninsula, get some altitude, get to Red Hill, where I went and saw an old buddy of mine who we haven't spoken to on the show for a long time, Matt Wilkinson at Montalto. Fabulous, fabulous stuff. And we did an interview. It goes something like this. Matt Wilkinson, you can hear the sound of contentment inside this uh, 
this restaurant. A very, very good afternoon to you. It's been a while since drinks, I've got to say. COVID got between us. How the hell are you? And tell us, where are we? Where are we? <laughs> Amazing. Good to see you, Cam. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. We are at Montalto. It's a stunning, uh, sunny day. Yeah. And we're on the deck of the restaurant uh, down here in, on Shoreham Road in Red Hill South. Bucolic Splendour doesn't even come close to describing uh, the view that's, uh, that's in front of us. But uh, maybe I'll, I might just have a, a stab at a, a start of it and then you can fill in the other little bits of colour. So um, we're standing here, we're facing north, the sun is out, um, there is a bit of lawn, there's some barrels, there's some sculptures. Uh, we've got netted vineyards here. Um, that haven't been picked yet, because that's why they've got nets on them, you silly goose. Uh, Pinot over there that has been picked. Um, there's a valley. It goes down into a valley. There's a line of trees where there's a natural spring that goes all the way to Point Leo. And then on this other hill on the other side, we've got just this sculptured block of agriculture mixed with eucalypts. We've got vineyards that are going, this, this patchwork, surrounded by olive trees... Have I done it justice? You have, you have. It's a stunning, it's, it's a stunning oh, property. It really is, and I can't believe um, that this is the very, very first time that I've come here. Um, Raymond Capaldi and Jody Crocker were telling me rapsing about this place, and um, it took a phone call to you. To, we said we need to catch up, and you said, "Well, bugger it, come and have lunch." Well, yes, and thank you for that. <laughs> well, we're also enjoying. Uh, a lovely little rosé, and it is the end of vintage, coming close to the end of vintage. Mm. Um, last to uh, pick is some Chardonnay and Pinot here. Did you say there was some Riesling as well? And some Riesling up on the south. Oh, um, so that's, that's Pennon Hill, yeah. which faces back into Montalto and Tux, our two properties. And um, that's the Riesling that's about to be uh, picked, which I think is next week. And then we have a little bit of Shiraz on a different vineyard site on the peninsula. That's um, it'll, be, uh, it'll be last to get picked. And those that have good ears and a good brain connected to those ears would have heard the words, our site here. So therefore that sort of infers that Mount Wilkinson is a, is a big part of this and maybe we should go into that and talk about how the hell did you end up, how you lucky bastard, how did you end up down here in this beautiful part of the world it has to be said well it is I'd, I'd, I'd heard of Montalto and known of it um, it's, we're 20 years old here mm. um, the great Philippe Michel was um, the first executive chef here, consultant chef yeah. back in his day of my, well, I remember it when I was uh, in the early 2000s I actually came here yeah. um, what was it like then? it was fine dining but that classic Philippe fine dining and it was only this building I can remember, and there wasn't that many vines here. Yeah. There was this vineyard to the right, north-facing. Yeah. Yes. Um, and after the 20 years, the, the, the Mitchell family, so it's, John, it's owned by John and Wendy Mitchell and their daughter Heidi mm. Williams, and it, um, um, they added a sculpture park. Um, the, the thing that enticed me and got me when I got to the site, obviously it's, it's stunningly beautiful, mm. but the connection to land and the head produce gardener, the beautiful Julie Bennett, um, 
her thought process of growing heirloom varietals and uh, unusual mm. varietals of vegetables. Plus, it was that it was that for me it was that missing link of you know I've always talked about vegetables being about true seasonality and me wanting to work with true seasons, therefore looking at vegetables and fruit. You've always had this great understanding and respect for seasons and vegetables and vegetables close to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what, I, you know, I've always said that Victoria's my, even though it's the state, it's my country. Coming, it's my garden. Yeah, it's coming... Yeah, it's co- my country, no, I get that. Yeah. More, that's more profound. Yeah, and, yeah. and coming from England and Yorkshire and, you know, and growing up and having a small... Like, and so that's what I always said. And I, that was the, that was that change that I did at uh, Circa back in two thousand and eight. Was uh, it feels like yonks ago, but that's that's where it and all, it was. It was. And that's where it all started. <laughs> yes. So Julie, meeting Julie and seeing this, this was like I really do have an opportunity here. A within this, there's three kitchens and three different uh, food outlets plus cellar door on site. Yeah. So what are they? So we've got fine dining here, which I'm lucky enough to be inhabiting with Matt. It's kind of nice being eating with a boss. Uh, you got pizzas down there. So what, what's that called? So we start with where we ate today is Montel to the restaurant, yep. and that's what I took on board. That's Friday to Monday, and yes. that is um, a four course sharing menu, uh, based off actually the great George Baron, who was at uh, Sunny Bray, Sunny Bray, yeah. Berigera, which is now uh, Dan Hunter's amazing establishment. Mm. Where it's just it's the whole idea is celebrating a long lunch. Um, I came on board uh, at the. End of the first lockdown. Long mate, rain. Sorry, yes, I just had to add that. Yeah, and yeah, but the long lunch. Yeah, and yeah. it was about the long lunch, like really celebrate it. So yeah. I was like, so Friday to Monday is uh, the restaurant. The Beast, we call it, which is the piazza, um, which is surpassed. We do large numbers, but it's pizza, salads, and snacks, and some main. Insane amount of turnover. Tell me how many the numbers you do. So just... we do about three and a half thousand covers a week. It's it's open seven days. It's part of the cellar door. There's a lot of restaurateurs, maybe chefs, whose eyebrows have just shot through the ceiling now. That's a lot of people. I'll be honest. I was, like, I was one of those eyebrow raisers when I first came here. <laughs> it, it, it took me seven months to get my head around it. And I think yeah. most chefs out there that, that come from, you know, I was always small training. Even when I, when I went to Circo, we were doing like 120-hour car. Mm. I, I'm used to doing like 65. It was like yeah. almost double then. And then from 120. And then obviously we did a lot of covers at Pope Joe, but it was a different style of food. And and um, here, so the piazza is – and it's, but it's stunning. It's, 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 there's a little bit outside. It's part of the cellar door. It's connected right outside. And it does – I think, and I think why it's resonating, why it is busier at the moment and why it is so special, it's a connection – out of the ordinary. Well, I, I was going to say it's pizza with communion with nature, yeah. uh, and it's being a, it's being part of your very own bloody terroir. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's that little it is that when you hear and mm. people like through Instagram and the socials, but just connecting with people, we mm. do get away when you're in such a beautiful um, atmosphere and surroundings. Mm. You know, things are allowed to slide a little bit, and but it's but you just people seem to just chill out a little bit more. <laughs> and, and that's what we need to do. So, okay, restaurant, the pizza place, and what's the third place? And the third place is next door. We have Tux, which was bought by uh, the business in 2017. Yeah. Um, is that Tux Ridge? Yeah. yeah so it was Tux Ridge that was renamed Tux. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And that's, at the moment, it's just a little cheeky pop-up with Misha Trop, um, mm. Saturdays and Sundays. And he, he's here through until... Um, 
uh, Easter, end of Easter holiday, school holidays. Oh, okay. And yeah. then we're looking to turn that into uh, a place for f- a function space or a place to hold, you know, weddings and parties. And uh, it's a, it's the most amazing view. Yes. Um, and it, whilst we're in Montalto, you can see it's, but because there's a line of olive trees and how the contour of the land comes, it feels completely separate. And then you go next door. You had the we, we've been for a, a drive around the property and up the top when you're on the south side. You can uh, see just it. an aside, uh, Matt took me in a in an orange Kubota sort of. Um, it's smaller than a tractor and uh, at breakneck speeds um, through very very narrow vineyards. I think we did a couple of handbrake turns, but no, I did get to see the whole thing and the gardens here. The stuff that you're able to grow, the orchards. Um, with with, uh, with great produce, the greenhouse, even down to an area we found this little gulch where you pulled out watercress and yeah. said, there's watercress here, um, but don't eat that, Cam, because that's poisonous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. And the thing is, I've, I've... All the things that I love about cooking and the things over the years and growing up within nature, within Yorkshire and coming here, it's, yeah. it's actually bloody here. Yeah. It's maintained by some amazing humans. Dan, who's the viticulturist, uh, Simon, who actually is the Simon Black, who's the winemaker, makes yes. bloody good wine. That's one of the most important things as well. It's like I called some good friends mm. who are wine guys, and they're like, "What's Montalto wine like?" And they're like, "What do you it's reckon? Good. Yeah. It's good." Well, you've had the Chardonnay now. We're about to go to the Pinot. Yes. Had a little cheeky rosé, my favourite. My yes. drink by the gallon. Um, but it's it is a very special place, and you know what did we eat today? Pears, apples, figs, mm. watercress, autumn raspberries. Yeah, I gave you a really acidic blueberry that wasn't quite right, which was great to see your face. Yeah, and uh, what was that? And what was that terrible herb you gave me? Um, Lovage, which oh, is, Lovage, that's right. I keep wanting to say salsify for some reason. Yeah, yeah Lovage sucks. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's sort of like celery, but um, at the end of its taste journey in your mouth, it goes completely bitter, and I don't know how people could enjoy that. But anyway, to each their own, isn't that right, Matt? Well, my grandfather used to grow lovage in his garden in England, Aye. and he used to then just like crush it and have it with salt and put it on like bread, well, dripping like flat, well, bone marrow fat. Oh, actually, I, I can imagine with fat. Fat might might help it. It's still horrible. Okay, anyway, we, we can move anyway, on from there. Um, <laughs> so there's still the end of the blackberries. You can see we don't spray, yes. so there's all the blackberries here. Uh, we've got the animals on the on the property. Like the, uh, no, no animals are shot. No animals are shot. It's the yeah. the old yoki doki egg layers that we've got in the in the orchard, and then we've got some sheep and some goats, and we want to extend that out. And then there's still some grape. You, you try some pinot. Uh, Pinot Noir grapes, yeah, and then this crossover. This this is this beautiful thing at the moment where it's the crossover to summer and autumn. I think we we always know summer as finishing on the last day of February, yes. but realistically, summer goes all the way through to the end of March, and your autumn seasons are come through. By in yeah. the next week or two, along this roadway on the way through Red Hill, 25th, yeah. we will be seeing pine mushrooms, slippery jacks. Depending on what the rain does with yes. this heat. Yes. So whilst you're getting these autumnal mushrooms, yeah. the uh, the Jerusalem artichoke is sunflower. Is the flower is coming out, so it's nearly ready to be harvested. Yeah. Plus the last of the tomatoes, the eggplants, the zucchinis, the peppers are just finishing and coming on. Yes. It is this most amazing time on the property of a crossover of two seasons. Yeah. Plus then we're surrounded by uh, Western Port Bay on the east, and on the west we've got. 
This really is an extraordinary place. But also, it, it, just to paraphrase for you, you know, when, when someone first came up with that idea of the cornucopia, which was this horn thing with all the, the, the projects, it's now. It's now. It's it really now. is now. Yeah. And we, well, I think we were talking about This it is earlier. the time of plenty. Yeah. yeah, and we always think about spring of regrowth and bits and pieces, but it's it's the one season that I found hardest on here now doing two springs. Yeah, well, if you're a peasant in Europe, you're still going bloody hungry in, in springtime in spring. because there's nothing to eat, and you can't eat everything because you're going to leave it to grow for summer. Yeah. And even to your right here, there's a walnut tree that we harvest walnuts this year. Last oh, year yeah. I made a, uh Italian... Well, I drenched it in a heap of four pillars... High proof gin. Oh, good man. <laughs> and made yeah, a, bravo. And made a walnut liqueur, which yeah. hopefully we'll Oh, that's great. Later. A nocchio. A nocchio. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. I, someone gave me a bottle of that years ago and it was just delicious. And whoever you are, if you're listening, thank you for that. It was delicious. Nocchio's great. How do you make it? Well, it's similar to making um, lemon chillo. It's, yeah. it's infusing green walnuts. Yes. So in the early parts of December. Yes. When you can spear a. Uh, like a, a a knife through Third it, or a skewer so it's or still green, like you know, like yeah. a green almond. So if you yeah. if you've had green almonds, it's like green walnut. Mm. Um, you spike them. Yep. You uh, infuse them six to eight to twelve weeks, whatever your recipe yeah. is, with pure alcohol. So yeah. you can you know you can double proof forty five percent if you want. I was able to get my hands on something a bit higher. Improve what the Italians call holy water, <laughs> and uh, then you just macerate it, and you yeah. see it go from this lime green to this dark black, which is the one of the original colorings of the it olden dies. days. It dies, mm. and then you just add a sugar syrup to it. Yeah, bang! It's amazing. There we go. So. How do we get down that rabbit hole? Oh, you were looking at oh, well, we seasons and the the, the 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 seasons are plenty. Let's go back and say, well, what's your title and what's your role in this with this this amazing place that you've been at? How long now? So eighteen months, eighteen and months. Um, so I came on board as. And you've made your mark and shook the tree a little bit. Yeah, I've made my mark, shook the tree, yeah. upset a few people, yeah. tried to tried to be me and... Very Wilco. Very Wilco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hello. Um, it's been an amazing 18 months, and I came on board as culinary director, which is, I'll be honest, it's a shit title. Mm. Um, directors, like Well, directors of general rule don't do that much. No, true. And in hospitality, you need to be operational, so I recalled myself culinary captain. Culinary captain. Um, yeah. Which, again, is a bit of a weird name, but hey, it's me. Uh, it's, but you, you liked it better than Yeah, the I liked it better than the culinary director. Because yeah. it meant more hands-on for you. Yeah, yeah, and I, what it was about and what, what was missing within the company was about some stability within staffing structure yeah. and direction. Yeah. So, you know, the, some things, and they needed to get some, the hamster back on the wheel, let's say, <laughs> for the restaurant. Keep, um, it, keep them moving. And... Yes. I came in and I said to them, this is, so the idea was to help them coming out of uh, COVID and give them some direction. Mm. And for me, this, being sat here where we are right now, I actually sat here where I was, when I was talking to them and being in that restaurant, so that restaurant to me is long lunch. Mm. And that's what I did. So I came on board with that, needed to have some restructured team, brought in Craig, who's my good friend from Circa Days, mm. and um, brought on Deanna Desenzi, who is now the head chef of the restaurant. And it yes, okay. and it came to that point of where um, uh, just I've, say that name again. That your head chef's name is uh, Diana Desenzi. Diana Desenzi. She cooks like a goddess. She is 
she has got the taste buds yeah. and technique and just the thought process that is yeah. really beautiful to see. Yeah. And it's really about, when, when, when I talk to her about food and talking about flavor and your senses and true seasonality and, and texture and everything we've got here, mm. um, she's really nailing it. Um, she's added a little bit of herself through pasta. We bought uh, an expensive beautiful pasta machine with all the bronze attachments from Van Roy during bloody... You were telling me about this. So you, you bought this this oh, very expensive extruder. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you, Van Roy's. <laughs> and thank you, uh, uh, Heidi and John. Uh, thank you, Czech Sino. <laughs> <laughs> Check the ones that actually made it a reality. How much was it? It was quite expensive. It was good. <laughs> he doesn't want to say. Yeah, okay. So it's, a, it's, it's this beautiful thing that you can make extruded pasta and the thing that we had with um, zucchini and pesto um, what were they that we had? Congelia wasn't it? Congelia yeah, which with my Yorkshire accent like Congelia uh, Congelia <laughs> do you like a Congelia do you? <laughs> so she's added Deanna's <laughs> added this element to the restaurant that's a little bit of her yes I gave her a framework to work within mm. The connectivity with Jules about talking about, like right at the moment, 85% of all the fruit and vegetable that's on the menu, uh, and it's a four-course sharing, is from the estate. Yeah. yeah. Plus, we're drinking the wine from the estate. It's pretty, to me, that's really amazing connectivity. And plus, we're looking out on the estate. There's the triumvirate. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Like the holy trinity of, of, of this place. And then, you know, the piazza. So, but my one thing I wanted to achieve when I was here... Mm. And this is where we've, we've, we've got to with my new role is um, salad leaves. To me, salad leaves are hydroponic in bits and pieces. They're lovely and everything. No, they're not. I think hydroponic salad leaves taste like pus. Anyway, okay. there's nothing quite like plucking salad leaves from the ground. Yeah, Something exactly, from the soil. The root system's allowed to uh, feed and drink from it pulls the up, soil. It pulls up the nutrients, the nutrients goods from good soil, yeah. So we now, with Julie and the different greenhouses that we have within the ground, you've been through them, they're not yes. on concrete. Anyway. No, and they're, they're, and they're drip irrigated, they're, they're lovely, the, the soil keeps moist all the time because therefore the microorganisms can keep going that you're not losing because the soil's dried out. And so you we, taste that, yeah. and you feel it in your bones. Well, you, A, in just the taste and, yes. the, and the texture. Yeah. Anyway, so we've got to this position, and I've, I've, I've taken a new role where um, the two hooligans are growing up, 9 and 11. That's his children. And my beautiful wife. You might have heard them in years past. <laughs> they, they, they had such loud voices that their voices could go through a soundproof studio. Well, I think they nearly, Do you remember that? I think they nearly cracked the, the yeah. soundproof window. Yeah. Anyway, so you're the boys, <laughs> the hooligans. And they're, you know, they're coming up to their teenage years, and there's some things that I want to work on personally. Um, but I've got such a connectivity to here yeah. and my role within Four Pillars that um, it's time to just peel it back a bit with such an amazing team and help drive them through it. And working with, I'll be working really closely with Simon Black, the winemaker, for doing outside events mm. and just keeping on board. But So I'll be here every Monday. Here every Monday. <laughs> All right, so um, I, I guess that's it. And maybe that's one of the things we should say. I can't believe this is my first visit here. Um, maybe they haven't really, I don't know, reached out to the world that much. And maybe this is one of those really, really beautiful secrets. But I would say, come on down. If your wallet is fat, go and have a long lunch in there. If not so much, enjoy the pizza and, uh, and the surrounds. Um, it's quite beautiful. But before we wrap it up, I really want to find out about 
I want to talk about your home life, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you cooking at home? And, you know, in those days that you first started at Circa, has the, the way that you viewed food and your ethos behind it changed that much in, in what is on your plate at home now? No, it's still exactly the same. I live, I live the life that we live uh, within the restaurant. Like, it's seasonal. We don't have yeah. tomatoes outside of season. What's really nice now is uh, Finn, my oldest son, mm. he's a little bit of a gourmand. I hope he doesn't end up being a chef, but he, he started cooking. What do you want him to do, just out of curiosity? He, whatever he makes, oh. whatever he makes him happy. But oh, just from a life cycle in yeah. life. Like, anyway, Finn, back to Finn. He's a gourmand. He, he's he, gourmand. He, yep. So now he, we've got, Charlie and I have got over a thousand cookbooks. Mm. He collects the cookbook. Mm. We talk through about what, who the chef is of the book, where mum and dad got the book from, and he picks a recipe and cooks it himself. And that's something now that I'm loving. Wow. But also what I'm that's cool. What I'm loving. How old is, is he? Eleven. Wow. Yeah, kind of good. And. Um, He's picked up some blinders and his, all sorts of things he's wanting. And it's not like the pizza things. It's like we had Rapali, which is a Steve Renault book. And he's uh, wanting to make uh, French onion soup. And it's like, hey, that's, I've actually got a better recipe for it in my first cookbook, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Barnsley Onion Soup, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's just n- nice that he wants to try these things. Um, that and I am. Um, Has he done it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did, was, he, did he stand on the stove and stir the onions stir, for stir. ages until they're caramelised and caramel? Yeah. Yep. He's wow. got the patience for it, and he's also trying to teach him about the sound. So he's a young bloke who can zen out. Yeah, and he can. He tried to explain to him about the sound of the onions crackling. Um, is something before you get the smell, and then the smell comes through. Yes. And then you can start to come and see the caramelised chain. The onions are a really amazing thing to actually hear, smell, and then see, and then taste. Tell us about the difference between the sound. Well, it's if you. It's about the water, isn't it? Yeah, as soon as the um, oils, the essential oils from the onions, have left, yes. the water Starts retention out. comes out. Yeah. And it goes from a, a sizzle yeah. to a. And then it's about that and listening then from it going to a. of where the onion, the water's gone. Yes. And the. I don't actually know what it is. I'm, I had to finish school, so I've got really no idea. But it's starting to catch. Yes. And yeah, yeah, a, yeah, it's starting to catch. It's like a... Yeah, yeah. And then that's the smell changes. Yeah, and that's when you've got to keep moving the thing. The sugars are allowed to come through, yeah. and that's when you've got to keep moving it. Yeah. And that's when you start to add a shitload of butter. Yes. <laughs> and then you start going it. And then the caramelisation process of slowing it down, taking the flame down, and then the smells, listening and smelling the mm. different stages of caramelisation yes. until it's the time to add your alcohol. Yeah, right. And it's amazing. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, you, you deglazing moment. Yeah, well, we actually, we've got a cheap thing. The Stephen Renner one I didn't follow in the end. I got him to cook my one, <laughs> which adds Vegemite because it's that umami flavour and it's a, it's actually a Glutamate. vegetarian yeah, yeah. Uh, French onion soup. I don't yes. put bacon into it. We put the Vegemite and then finish it with lots of fresh thyme. And anyway, it was amazing to watch him. So that's that one thing. And I love mm. cooking... I've always been fascinated with um, the Indian cuisine. Yes. And the more and more I invest my time into the thought process of how wonderfully crazy <laughs> India is and the cuisine, going, yeah. the more that's what I want to eat at night time. Or is that sort of gets into that thing, the more I know, the less I know? Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and we, we, we've got Charlie, when we, Charlie and I, when we first met, mm. and we, we used to choose a, we'd both cook for the week cooking. Like I had two nights, three nights off when I was at Circa Days when I met her. We'd have one night out. 
mm. and then we'd get choose two books. Mm. I'd choose a book that I want to eat out of, but she had to choose the recipe and vice versa. Oh, wow! Really? <clears throat> gone oh, wow, back. sorry. <laughs> that, no, that's what a great idea. And we've gone back to that in family That's such a now. beautiful couple's thing. About trying to find a, yeah. a book and going, what do we want to eat? Yeah. And just once a week, yes. one of, well, me, yes. cooking that. And I, I'll be honest, I've been pretty shit out during Christmas about doing it. Yeah. It's something we'll get back to doing. All right, you've got to get back on the, on the thing. All right, in, um, in signing off, because we've, uh, we've been talking for a little while, and thanks for listening to us, folks, but uh, it's great to see you again, Matt. It's been way too long. I love hanging out with you. I really, really do. And uh, Matt came up with something I've never heard before, and it's a little... Lancashire aphorism York. where <laughs> oh, I did that again I've done that consistently over the years a Yorkshire aphorism uh, where it's not whether the glass is half full or half empty it's just keep topping it up boom I think we should just leave it at that we've got main courses coming now so it just gets even better Matt it's beautiful to see you thank you for your time thanks Cam and Montalto book in and come and visit yeah see ya Triple R on FM, digital, online, and via the app. Yeah, did we mention that the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival is on? That was seamless, wasn't it, Carl? Your best radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Melbourne Food and Wine Festival is on. But, um, again, big thanks to uh, uh, Matt Wilkinson. Um, so good to catch up. Someone I've known for... Many, many moons now, and it was uh, it's just great when you catch up with someone and you can just take on from where you went. And, uh, yeah, the place is uh, absolutely stunning. Um, Carl, thank you for helping me out with the show today. Always good to see you, Cam. Thank you very, very, very much. And uh, you're going to be looking after Indigenuity after this? Yes, I'll be here with Crystal in just yeah, a couple Crystal's, of minutes. Yeah, Crystal's waiting, so we're going to do the, uh, the flip over. Uh, just wanted to mention that hopefully Duncan Buchanan will be on next week to give a vintage report um, amongst other things. Well, actually, we'll see what happens next week. That could be a, a little bit up in the air. Uh, anyway, Indigenuity is happening after this. What do you reckon? Should we just go into it? We've got a bit of outro. Yeah, well, hey, thanks a lot uh, again, Carl, and uh, stay tuned for all the fabulous shows. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.